0: Hello, friends, and welcome back to the show. As you probably know, there was no episode in the last stretch of releases. I was away doing some traveling and got my hands tied a bit and wasn't able to get a guest on, so I apologize for missing that. But I am back this week, and I'm excited to have Mimi Obansawin joining me. Uh, She just released her latest album called Willow. She's a Canadian singer-songwriter and composer. Um, She also hosts workshops for youth students around the country, um, both online and in person. She's doing stuff like that to help with songwriting and, and building your confidence as a young songwriter or composer. And speaking of songwriting, she's been doing a lot of that. She's released, like, two or three albums in the, last, in the in a very short period of time. And she's got another one on the way, which we discussed. So I'm interested to hear about her inspiration, where she draws songs from, and, and how she you know, remains so consistent uh, in, in recording and writing. I'm also fascinated with gardening and growing your own food at home, and and if you know her social media, she does a lot of that as well, so I was really excited to jump on and chat with her a bit about that. Just a quick note, I'll be performing at the Canadian Music Week uh, pre-show, the Discovery series going on in Toronto on April 19th. You can find more details about that on my website or the Canadian Music Week website, and Mimi is also on tour right now for her new albums, and she'll be playing, I think it's April 22nd uh, in Toronto as well, so check out some of her tour dates and definitely see her as she's touring her new album. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Mimi Obanswin, and be sure to check out her music wherever you're streaming. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you for for being on with me, and congrats to two things. You just put out an album on, was it, I think, early March at least, like first week of March, Um, and you were also recently married. Yeah around that as well so yeah, a couple huge milestones. Yeah, Well, thanks for
1: having me on <laughs> you know what i i don't know why we decided to get married and launch an album like a week <laughs> apart from itself but you know what i would do it again it's been great it's it was you know kind of a life-changing month for us so thanks for having me on and yeah thanks
0: <laughs> and for anyone who doesn't know um yeah those two things go a little bit hand in hand in the sense that you make music with the man that is now your partner as well so you have that unique aspect uh, to a relationship where (laughs) you know you're together but you also create some art and music and um is that how you guys met was it through music or
1: yeah yeah um so I was living in Toronto at the time and Ryan was a drummer in Toronto he was born and raised and so we just kind of met through music and um started playing together more and more and then we started getting into recording ryan had done some before on his own projects but we kind of jumped in together and we're very much a team now i couldn't imagine making music without ryan um so we also tour together we spend a lot of time together we grow food together and uh yeah we just spent a week in mexico and made it official it was so fun
0: Was there any uh, like particular reason for Mexico, or was it just um, a nice place that has warm weather?
1: Well, I mean, that's always a plus. Um, <laughs> but we've been to Mexico a few times. I love Mexico. I love Mexican food, and I love the music, and Ryan's parents have a place down there. So it was our first trip without gear in a long time, and it felt really good to like have one check bag, no guitars, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it was really great, and a much-needed break.
0: Um, I guess it's sort of like, just to kind of continue on that, what, what made you guys want to move? If you met in kind of the Toronto GTA area, what made you, uh, want to push out of that? And now you, you, I I can, I don't know exactly where you are. I know it's Northern Ontario. Um, but, uh, it's, you know, kind of around Sudbury yeah. area, stuff like that. I don't know, um, did you kind of grow up, you guys grow up there? Or what made you want to move back out uh, into the countryside? Yeah, so
1: we're, uh, I guess, geographically ambiguous. <laughs> um, so I was born in northern Ontario, <laughs> um, but we live in the Ottawa Valley now, which is uh, in the east of, of Ontario. And I mean, it was really hard at first for us to make the decision to move out of Toronto because... Um, I had been there for about seven years. Ryan was born and raised there. And, you know, my my work was really Toronto centric, like we were touring a lot, but it just felt like you needed to be in Toronto if you were making music. And that's definitely why I moved there. Um, but then the pandemic came around and we just couldn't stay in Toronto. We couldn't afford it. And uh, we wanted to have our own place and, and have a place to grow food and have a studio and we realize we're already on the road we're already driving four hours for gigs all the time so why not live in a place that we actually really <laughs> feel free and don't have to worry about neighbors complaining about drums Um so we just happened to find this place <laughs> <laughs> and it was you know life-changing and has been like the best art project ever
0: yeah and for any anyone who you know, knows your social media, or probably even just just music in general. Like I know that you know nature and and you know in certain songs, living off the land, but certainly cultivating like a culture from nature um, is a big part of your music, whether you were living in the city or not. Uh, it's always kind of been that way. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Like, because I, I feel I feel a lot of those things too that come in when I'm writing music, I just like to play a lot of references off nature. Mm. And I don't know, I think we can all be humbled by, you know, ecosystems and, th- and things that go on within them. Um, but you know, some people just write about certain things, but I, I find that myself for whatever reason, I can't really keep it uh, out of the music. I, l- I love to reference it a ton, but you know, the last song I just put out was called Northern mm. light. So it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of certain things that play around that. What do you think? Like, uh-huh. inspires you to have that as such a big piece of your of your lyrics or just maybe even it plays into the, like that the vibe of the song itself
1: yeah well I think I think that's why we vibed so well when mm-hmm. we first met and we got to share that show together because I think um that is a thread that uh, runs through all of our music together and yeah I think that's why we kind of became friends is because we can kind of bring that into the music for me it, and same as you probably it's really hard to separate. Um, my life, my perspective, my stories, and my music making. So um, I grew up in in Sudbury, you know, like free range, out in the forest, Um, and the land carries a lot of my roots as an Indigenous artist, as a Francophone person from Northern Ontario. So that is just something that is so such a big part of my life. So naturally, it comes through in my music. And I think as songwriters, um, I think we have this, this tool like music for me has always been healing whether it's for me or at a concert or recorded music I think there's a lot of healing and sharing in music and I also get that feeling from working on the land and foraging and and spending time in nature and learning about myself and the world around me Um, there's a lot of healing in that too that feels very similar and familiar to me uh, in the same way music does so um yeah I don't think it was like I'm gonna write songs about. The world. <laughs> it just kind of happens, you know. It just kind of comes through that way because I I feel like that's just the lens that I see the world through. So,
0: yeah, that that's interesting. Yeah, the lens that you see it all through. It's uh, it's funny sometimes to put on, you know, different lenses and and try to put yourself in like a different set of shoes. Whether that I don't know. Maybe you're writing a song for someone else, which I don't do too often. But um, sometimes just certain people I work with help me put mm-hmm. on it or. You know, help me put on a different lens um, and have just a different perspective on a song. But I don't know what's refre- what I've always found refreshing with your music is that um, it has that it has that honest backing to it. It you know, and a lot of times you'll hear great songs, but maybe the lyrics. I mean, whatever you say, whatever you want about pop lyrics or mainstream lyrics. I mean, they can be profound mm-hmm. and they can certainly give you some emotional feeling, but, uh, I don't know. I always found it refreshing that you write a lot of stuff that, um, resonates with you. And, and I feel like people resonate to that equally, because if it means something to the person singing it, it then it sort of has this raw emotion to it that, um, I don't know, sometimes it's pretty unique. Uh, so yeah, I think, I think I, I enjoyed that last time I saw you play at the mm-hmm. RMG. So, uh, which for anyone listening, that's the Royal McLaughlin gallery. <laughs> And it always... was a very long time ago. <laughs> no, no. I see. I messed it up. I always mess it up. I said Royal. It's Robert. I always say Royal. The Robert McLaughlin. It Robert. is
1: Robert. <laughs> I didn't even correct you. I'm terrible. I'm terrible. I always mess um, it up. I, I say it so confidently to... that I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm i too French to even attempt that second word. <laughs> so I'm just not. I just called it RMG because it just turns into mush. Yeah. Um, No, I think we're due to share a show again sometime soon, Um, but thanks for saying that. I mean, it took me a really long time to figure out who I was. I started my first record while I was still in high school, and oh my gosh, I feel like I had lots to learn, And, and at that time I was surrounded by people in the industry that were really old school and, you know, would put those lenses on me, you should make this kind of music, you should dress like this, you should say this, you should write these kinds of songs. And then I realized like that, wh- where am I in all of this? You know, like I've mm. always connected to music and that's always been the way that I, you know, connect to the world. So why am I not writing songs for myself? So then I went the other way and I was like, I'm I'm doing this, <laughs> this is all I know how to do. I don't do, I don't know how to sing a great cover song. And you know, there's things that I I could always work on but one thing I I always want to do is write write things that come from a real place.
0: Yeah, I, that's yeah, that's awesome. I think I think it's there's, you know, you can definitely do it for whatever reasons you want to whether that's, you know, you want to just be, you know, you want to be someone who's a producer and just goes after the the mainstream stuff and you make a bunch of money and <laughs> you just yeah. you have everything on on the all the top radio totally. stations. That's that's cool too and you know, I certainly take inspiration from some of those songs um but yeah it, there's something to be said about keeping it true to what you want to write about and uh i don't know maybe do you find yourself a little impervious or at least some sort of guard up that prevents um you know checking out social medias or scrolling around um and you find like uh, does anything ever get to you where you're like oh, I, oh shit i wish i wrote something that was more like that or does it ever kind of create some noise in your head in that way
1: i think I think as artists, we're Mm. always doing that uh, to, to ourselves, unfortunately. Um, And, and I mean, there is great, I do listen to pop music. One of my favorite artists is a pop artist from, I think, Norway or Iceland, maybe Iceland. I'm not sure, but her name's Aurora and I listen to her music a whole lot. It is totally different than what I do, Um, but there's definitely like quality and learning and, and training your ears in that way. But I mean, I think all artists struggle with like, if only I could write this song or, you know, this person, like I think of like Bob Marley's get up, stand up, one chord, most epic song of all times. I'm like, if only I could write a song with one chord that is that good, you know? Um, But I think like, I think about this all the time. It's like, what's the intention? You know, why, why do I write songs? Why do I make music? And I think that's really what the seed is for everyone. You know, when I do workshops, it's like we can write songs for ourselves. Some people write songs for other people. Some people write songs because they want to be like Justin Bieber. And that's all awesome. It just depends where your heart is and what your intentions are. And as long as they feel good inside of you. So for me, I I want to make music so I can continue to make music and sustain myself that way. And and that feels good to me. So I'm just going to,
0: that, that <laughs> is a really cool point where you can, uh, in COVID was a weird thing for that, for a lot of people, but where you can sustain yourself with performing and, and writing and, yeah. and, uh, you, with that, uh, being said, the workshops you said you do too, that's sort of like a unique Avenue that not everybody gets into is that, um, I've seen you post about them a few times, but is it sort of like, you'll go to a, a class of people from, you know, variety of ages, and then you sort of teach them a bit about, the structure of songwriting or is it just like something like that or
1: yeah yeah so i started it i was encouraged to start doing workshops um by a friend of mine who is uh i think a retired school teacher or principal or something and he said you know students would love to hear you do and it kind of just became this other gig that i have that i love doing so i get invited to schools to sometimes do one workshop or like four in a day sometimes they'll do a concert and a workshop but mostly what happens is i have 60 minutes and i've done this with all ages i've even done it with adults and we talk about songwriting but not in a conventional way so it's accessible to everyone. Um, it's You don't need to know how to play an instrument or any music theory, anything. We just talk about why writing a song is so good, to empower yourself, to feel good as an expression, um, how everyone has access to writing songs because we have a heartbeat inside of us, we have stories, and we have voices. And with those three things, we can use music as a healing tool, as an expression. So it's always a lot of fun. Um at the end of the workshop we always write a song and every song is different. I have a book full of incredible songs that <laughs> no students way. of all ages have written and it I I learn a lot about myself. Yeah, it's it's right here. Uh yeah, right here. This is like full of songs that students have written and when I have sad <laughs> days I look at it. <laughs> That's awesome. It's really fun. It's really fun and you know as artists I think it's really important that we diversify our income avenues or whatever you want to call it but if you can find something that you love to do and it helps feed your dog I think that's awesome
0: <laughs> I'm putting that on a t-shirt that's <laughs> it's weird too like you, you know you, you if everybody could if every if you like if, if it was switched around if you were just if you know money was this concept where you were pay like the more ha- like genuinely happy you were and somehow the universe knew it it could see through your bullshit and be like i know you're actually happy and if uh the more you uh fed that feeling the richer you were <laughs> it would be an interesting i wonder if that's some parallel universe out there that works that way
1: i think we're on to something here <laughs> i like that idea
0: that that would be that would be but you know what? it's funny too i always you said it uh there where it's like music is this thing that it's, 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 uh, expressive and it brings a lot of emotion out of people. Like, even if you're, uh, you know, whatever, however, the youngest student you might work with maybe six or something, like I could imagine even younger, maybe even messing around with writing a song. So, mm-hmm. and, and you know, you see little kids dance into stuff way off time, but they're still grooving to some song and they, they like music. And I wonder what it is about music. Uh, maybe it's because we do have this inherent, um, you know, beats per minute in our hearts and everything's set to emotion. And we're so in tune with our emotions. I don't know, maybe the combination of like the pulse of your heart and the, uh, the crazy ups and downs you have as, as a human makes, uh, makes just music. I don't know, kind of, it just kind of comes naturally. Like it's been around forever in different forms. So it's, I wonder why, I don't know why music is so important now or always been.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're you're 100% right. And actually, I, I do talk about, like, the heartbeat and how, you know, we're born with music literally alive inside of us. And that's why, you know, you can hear something in a different language and still feel the music. And, and I don't know about you, but I think, like, music is, like, one of our biggest superpowers as people because it can break down so many barriers that words can, you know, and, and I think we just because we have music inside of us, it just feels so human. And I think sometimes we forget that music is human and, and I think that's what connects us. So, yeah, I, I love thinking about that and, and bringing that to young people and seeing it like happen. (laughs) It's so So awesome. Did you get into
0: (laughs) music when you were pretty young or?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I have a giant family. Um, I think it comes with being francophone and indigenous is like, I have a huge amount of people in my, in my family. So apparently I started performing before I could speak and I always put on my own <laughs> little concerts and I'd get my sister to like hold a <laughs> flashlight and yeah, it was just, I, I was, I think like a, always a performer and, and a singer. So Yeah. I mean, I feel really lucky that I get to do this as my, as my work now, but it it was definitely like kind of always part of my life.
0: It's funny. I, I, my, um, when I was growing up, I wasn't that I was kind of musical, but, uh, I grew up where my dad and he still does it to this day. It's kind of been his career for uh, a long time now. He's, he kind of moved, you know, when he was a teenager from bands. And then by the time I was born, he was more in musical theater. So we travel around a lot as kids where my dad would be, uh, you know from the youngest i can remember we would just be um in sh- you know just watching him play shows and it was a bit different with the musical theater stuff it wasn't like uh we were watching you know a band or something but it was still always around that atmosphere and i was always so super super shy to you know if he called us on stage or something or did something like that i was always like uh uh-uh, uh no get this get this attention off of me so i i don't know i kind of have a similar <laughs> but uh, almost like a periphery like connection to music growing up and uh I don't know I just sort of like started playing guitar when I was I think I was I think I was like 16 before I even started really actually like messing around with music but I was always around it when I grew up
1: same that's really cool I always wondered like what it was like to have like artistic like my parents are very artistic but they weren't artists you know my dad's an entrepreneur and my mom uh, is a high school teacher so I always wondered like you know kids that grow up with musical parents, does that make them musical too? You know, I just, I always imagine that. That's, that's pretty sweet. I didn't know that about you. So yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah,
0: I guess it, I, I mean, I can't, I, it's got to play a part. Like if your parents listen to music a bunch, even if they're not, you know, performers or maybe like your mom plays guitar or something mm-hmm. and, and they just, they just sort of have it around you. I think that that must play at least a, uh, I don't know, uh, it kind of pushes it onto a bit, but not in like a forceful way, just more of like, Oh, my parents are doing this and it's cool. I want to do it too. So, and it contribute. So, cause I remember going through high school and, and like, I liked, yeah. I liked music class. It was interesting, but I was never super excited to get home and play my trumpet. I just did it cause it was kind of neat and uh, I had to.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's the trumpet. That's so funny. Well, Ryan's Ryan's dad was a drummer and and Ryan's a drummer now, so I, I can see the parallels there. And it's funny because, you know, a couple of years ago, he played a show in a club that his dad had played no 30 way. years earlier. And I was like, that is so full circle, you know, like growing up, hearing drums, knowing that your dad's a drummer and then you become a drummer. And they always joke that, you know, Ryan's. Outdrummed his dad a little <laughs> bit so <laughs> i guess you always want your kids to you, be have to. Yeah, you have to yeah you have to it's 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 so cool that's so awesome
0: um did um ryan's dad did he play drums kind of like in bands and stuff or did he was he a drum teacher like did he do it as a career or was he just always into drumming
1: yeah so he he played in like um a couple original projects and then some like cover bands and they would tour and play clubs so you know, he had the long hair and the spandex suit, <laughs> and would play like hair metal back in like the '80s and the '90s. And and we still have some of his old tapes, and there's pictures of him playing like this giant drum set. Um, so he did that, and then I guess when he had his kids, he went in to become a dop. So he went into like the video world. Um, but you know, every time we go over he still goes down and plays his electric drums and we can hear some pitter-patter and he's playing, I don't know, like (laughs) Barracuda by heart or something. It's really cool. And he, I mean, he loses it when he comes to our shows because Ryan just like goes crazy and it's awesome. So yeah, it's really cool to see. I
0: wonder what that's like for a, a parent to be super into something like that, you know, like someone who didn't just play drums in a band because they thought it was cool when they were doing it. They actually were like, yeah, yeah, this is cool too, but these drums are, are really, really sick and uh, they keep doing it their whole life. And then they have a kid who then picks it up and keeps going with it and you get to see them at a show performing their own music. You must just like exp- explode right there.
1: Yeah, totally. Totally. And I think like, even if my parents aren't, you know, they weren't musicians or anything, they always loved music. And I always say that like, my parents are great critics because they're not musicians. Um, They know how it feels to be like an audience person. So they always have really good advice too, but yeah, I mean, I, cu- I don't have kids, so I couldn't imagine how that feels, but you know, if my cat started playing drum one day, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> that's as far as it I, goes, I would though. love it in an
0: interview when that starts happening. They're like, I can't believe this. You're like, I know my baby. And they're like, no, it's a, it's a cat. You're like, oh yeah, no, whatever. It's just my, <laughs> that's not the crazy thing. <laughs> That's so, right. yeah, you you're said, um, yeah. obviously, like, your parents are music fans, but they didn't necessarily, you know, it wasn't like there was just instruments being tossed around all throughout the house and songs being written on them all, and you just couldn't get away from that. But it's crazy. Like, didn't you put out um, your last album? Wasn't it? Didn't you put out two albums in the last, like, two years? Yeah. yeah <laughs> Which <did>. is crazy.
1: <laughs> and I have another one coming this year. It's a lot. Is that
0: a- the one that's you, you plan to do all, all in um, en français?
1: Oui, Yeah, so that's coming. And um, we're almost wrapped up and getting ready for that one. Um, But the record we did before Willow, so Willow came out um, March 3rd. So February last year, we put out Fiddleheads and Ferns, which was an instrumental album. Um, So it was basically an entire record uh, with just no lyrics. Lots of singing and vocalizations, but just no lyrics. Um, and then the year before that I had put out, wait, I have a list here. Yeah. Before that it was my French EP. So it's been a lot of music, um, coming out of our little hearts, but I mean, it just feels like this is what we're doing. So
0: (laughs) that's, yeah, it's, I mean, that's a lot, like whether it's instrumental or, um, you know, songs with, with vocals and stuff too, it's, it's gotta be, it's almost sometimes harder instrumental because you're like. Well, where you know, in structural wise, it's like, okay, this song can end whenever it wants to. Um, so it's, yeah, it's awesome that you're putting out so much stuff. Like, do you find, do you guys, do you guys, I whether, I don't know how much you and Ryan write everything together, or if like you guys come to, to each other with ideas, probably a mix of both, but how, um, how do you find you sit down and like you have times where you do it or is it just sort of? kind of just all the time that it's happening.
1: Yeah. Um, So I think for the instrumentals, it was very much uh, a collaboration. So we had been working with um, an indigenous curated catalog by Nagmo. So they like hire uh, indigenous composers to compose music and they pitch it for film and TV. And I loved making music without lyrics. So telling a story without words was really cool because it was like a whole different way of making music. So when we make instrumental music like Fiddleheads and Ferns is very much like creating in the studio. And then when it comes to like my new record or, or, you know, song-driven albums, a lot of these songs are songs that I've written. And like I'm a collector, I collect things and I collect songs. So I've had them for a long time. And uh, we get to try them in front of audiences a lot of the time. So it's not so much like, On the spot curating and creating in the studio But like hashing out performance arrangements And how does this work in front of an audience Like there's a lot of that going on Which is so different than making instrumental music Because when you make an instrumental album You don't have to think about what you're going to do To perform it live Um, It's just going to kind of live in the studio But when we were making Willow You know, we're like Okay, if we add this element on the record And then we could do this live Like there's like an extra kind of life to it which is allowing it to grow and be more um so I love that I mean so I'm I'm the songwriter for for the records Ryan um does a lot of uh you know we co-produce the album and he helps me tweak arrangements and of course writes his own parts when it comes to drums and percussion and he actually played a lot of stuff on this album like bass and guitar and Ah, he plays everything <laughs> so it's really cool it's really cool to do that um but you know some of these songs i had been playing on on the road i mean i think i played some of these songs at our rmg show like so many years ago i was thinking about that i was like yeah this song's a few years old you know yeah and and that's okay it, it was just time to be recorded
0: <laughs> yeah that's uh, it's so cool that you guys have found each other to uh you know, to have that with, that's a lot of times it's you and your partner do something maybe completely different. And then you have, uh, have your crew that you write music with. And then, uh, it's always funny to like, to to think about couples that maybe like somebody writes music and the other person is like, just like totally separated. And they're like, I love these songs. These are fun. I'll listen to them. And the opposite where they're like, you know, maybe you play heavy metal and that person only loves Nora Jones. And it's like, I can't get into your stuff, man. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh yeah that would be I mean I've been in a relationship like that where I was more than Nora <laughs> Jones in that situation you know and and that just didn't fe- feel good for me because I don't know there's something really cool um making music with your partner in your home is like we kind of like are learning the art of recording music together and we're collecting gear together and Whenever we're on the road and we have a six hour drive, we're talking about music and listening to music together. So instead of me being like, yo, dude, listen to this track, this bridge is sick. It's like we're like always in it together. We're always tweaking and nerding out about like production and stuff. And, you know, it's not on somebody else's time. It's just that's just what we do. And like i've you know this is my 6th album i've i've worked with a bunch of really great musicians and great producers but i never really felt comfortable doing things that i've never done before and when you're in your home and you're in a safe place with somebody you love you can try things and i'm like okay i don't this might not work but i want to do this weird vocal thing in this section and then it ends up working and be like oh cool okay now we can do more of this. I don't know if I would want to take the risks in front of other people, you know? <laughs> yeah, it
0: gets, it gets hard. That, that's true. At least or as long as it's people you're comfortable with, um, just throwing those ideas out there. And I mean, you know, say what you want. Like if you get together with a stranger, you, you know, maybe some people can totally just say, whatever, let's try everything. But some people, you know, you don't want to step over, you want to let them expand on their ideas. So you kind of wait off on yours, and then they seem really excited. So you don't want to jump in on that. But uh it's it's hard to reach that total, you know, whatever, uh, harmonization of, of being like, actually, hold on one sec, that idea is cool. But what about this? And you jump in and you're not, it's doesn't, you know, nobody takes it in the wrong way. It's just trying to get the best piece of the song. Yeah, it's it's not always the easiest thing and I've I used to do a ton of co-writes and not that there's a bad thing to it. I just think that sometimes if it's someone new every time, you're sort of, you know, you're not I don't know how much further past first base you can really get into what the song can be because you're always sort of feeling it out and then going forward a little mm-hmm. bit and then you stop and then you go to someone new and do it again. So I think yeah, building that crew that you're just totally comfortable with uh whether, whatever space it's in, maybe it's a few different spots like you know you may be right for a few different projects or something but uh yeah that is something that's really important i think just cultivating that honesty you can have with multiple people and uh just kind of let it out and, and have fun with it because yeah it's it's tricky though it's hard to find
1: yeah i mean yeah i i totally hear you and you know i i love working with other people too but i'm i i just know myself i'm such an introvert when it comes to writing music like you know i i it just happens and i just always happen to be by myself mm. for my own thing i would love to write for other people or with other people too but i'm also a chronic people pleaser and i'm i just i know how i am and and i hear all these things in my mind and i kind of already have like decided on certain sounds and paths and how to achieve those. So I feel like it would what happened in the past is that I would give up too much of myself. And I think that's why I'm so pumped on this record because all these things that I felt like I gave up um and that's not a bad thing. I mean, nobody took it away. I definitely gave it away. So it's totally my responsibility, but I feel like all these vibes and textures and things I wanted to try I finally got to do it in the last couple of years, and I feel really um, proud of that. Proud of that work,
0: at least for me too. That's one of the most important things to accomplish. You know, just being proud of what you did.
1: Yeah, yeah, feeling good about like this is this is me right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I'm I'm happy with it. It's uh, you always find I don't know maybe when you first started. At least when I first started playing music, and you just I realized at a point where. I didn't have to try so hard to get, I don't know, features and stuff or showcases on festivals and it was I realized more and more that it was more about it's not about having the things that um that prove you're good for yourself. It was more about writing a song that if you showed someone and they said this sucks, you're like, I don't care. I love
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And mm-hmm. that's hard. That's hard to do. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, you got to cross a lot of weird you know avenues and turn some odd corners where you just sort of have to you know just brush away all the bullshit and and noise and mist and be like okay what do what do I want to do with this song and if that means that only I can write it then just to figure that out then so be it but uh, maybe maybe someone can help me but if that's what it needs to be then then I have to do that Um, do you did you have you found that you've always kind of written music by yourself or or you at least liked it the most that way or
1: yeah yeah I've always written i mean I've worked with uh, my first album um I had a producer that was really really involved um but I was also really young, so I didn't really know what this industry was all about and what i wanted to what I wanted to do and you know for me, that was like the best education was just doing a lot of things um but you know since I was young, I always wrote songs and they always kind of wash over me and it's just, I feel like when people ask me what my main instrument is, is I just, I learned how to play guitar so I could play my songs. And I, I like to work on my vocals so I can present my songs. So the songs always come first. And for me, the songs are very much alive and, and they have a, a, a life of their own and a mind of their own. And they kind of come out the way they want to come out. And so, yeah, I just kind of, I seem to be always by myself when it happens <laughs> and and that's cool i like it you know
0: i find that way too it's uh i always do it you know i'll I'll collaborate with other people on some stuff now but for my own stuff at least the idea sparks that way where um, i have to get excited about the the like you said like the seed of the song i have to be stoked about it and then and then i'm like okay hey, this can grow into something amazing but i um i kind of need to have a bit of direction for it at least for my own stuff if i'm working on something else with someone then i'll be like this is what i would do but you know i don't i don't know everything so where do you want to take it but uh that's the that's the fun thing about doing your own project is you you kind of sit in the control seat and then you can take as much as you want in but at the end of the day you just make the you make the call and
1: uh it's interesting eh like all the different ways that people create music and i think like it goes back to like for me it always comes back to you know, the intention of like, when I write a song, it's often like a story from my life and my perspective. And if I'm working with other people or, or just, you know, other art forms, um, you know, how do you support the story? So even when we're thinking of like instrumental music in the studio, it's like we can add a bunch of stuff. But what does the song need? Like, what does the, the story need to be supported and presented? And for me, that's like what I love to do um, is dig into that stuff. So it's just so cool. Like, there's so many different ways that people do it. And that's what I talk about in workshops is when I, and I tell young people about songwriting and I say, we're going to write a song. Oftentimes they're like, oh, <laughs> I don't know. I can't. I'm like, but there's no wrong answers when it comes to making music. There's no wrong answers when it comes to writing songs. If you're writing a song for yourself because you want to sing in the shower and you want to feel good and it doesn't even make sense really to anybody else but it feels good inside of you then that's what you need. That's you know like there's no wrong answer when it comes to songwriting. It's all about intention for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good point like just yeah, what do you want to do with it? You don't need to follow any guideline. You can kind of just play it how you want to play it and uh it's interesting how different people bring out that differently in you. Like if you just say, okay, well, let's write a song together. Maybe it's mine. Maybe it's yours. Maybe it's someone else's. It's funny to see how you can kind of just, I don't know, just go into like another whatever, like a groove of, of I don't know, creativity where you just you're like, oh, shit, I, I wouldn't even have done this ever, but now it seems so natural for me to go here and then there and then there. Um, I've just found that recently with a, a couple projects I've been working with uh, one, including with with Jules, actually um, and Ty, just the three of us have started a kind of a separate project where we don't we don't you know conform to like a traditional song where it's a verse, chorus, verse, chorus. We'll sort of go you know let's start it and then we'll build a musical thing and then Jules will write lyrics and she'll sing over top of it and uh, it's been really fun. You know the songs are like two minutes, two and a half minutes long and it's this sort of like start to start to end, not not verse course, you know, a valley up down, It sort of just takes a journey and then it's over. But, uh, and that's been cool. Cause it feels good. It, it's a different way of working on some stuff, but it's, uh, it's also something I probably would never have done by myself. Um, and those two I've worked together on my own stuff a ton, but once we said, let's work on a project together, that's kind of what came out of it. And it's like, oh shit, I didn't know that was lingering in the atmosphere that uh, was waiting to be picked up somewhere. <laughs>
1: That's so cool. I want to hear that. I want to hear that. That sounds awesome. I, I feel like, yeah, that's, that it's a journey, you know? And, oh, I want to hear this. Because I loved hearing you three play. And I love the idea of like, you know, a linear mm. song. I think that's very much how I kind of put my brain into like, oh my god, I look at my nails right now they're full of <laughs> dirt because I was just pulling my seedlings it's a good thing this is just audio. Um but yeah when we started re- <laughs> we started working on instrumental music it was like crafting these sections instead of like you said verse chorus verse chorus it's like how do you start at one point and then build uh like a an arc you know and what's the, where where's the peak and the, how do you come back down from that and then having experienced that which i'm sure you have in your project and then going back to writing you know like folk traditional contemporary music it's like how do you merge those two worlds and and find a way to bring them together i i, I love that journey that's so cool oh i would i'll definitely
0: uh yeah we just finished up doing seven of them so i will send you some of the uh the demos for them which uh, have been really fun so i'll, I'll yeah definitely i'd love to uh, i nice. you. thanks for that um uh, i did want to ask you though i did want to ask you i know I know I'm keeping a bit longer than I said I would just because I'm having a great time chatting with you, but
1: <laughs> I'm having fun too. So don't worry.
0: <laughs> okay. Sweet. Sweet. Cause I didn't want to not ask you this. Cause I'm always super curious. We were just talking about it before we officially pressed record, but, um, it's always interesting to hear the different strategies people have for recording. And because you are at home, um, like in your space, it's like, I find it tricky sometimes. I do the same thing where you're like, okay, I'm still at home, but now this is the time to do this. Uh and like I asked you about songwriting maybe it just happens kind of always throughout the day, but how did you guys kind of go about, you know, deciding that okay, we're recording this album that now you've done it 2 years in a row like and and another one that's coming maybe the, later this year, but you know, how do you how do you find that you you know, you record so consistently and then I'd also love to know how you just record at home. Is it just sort of in the space and with the mics you have there? Or do you ever bring like a engineer or, or somebody in to help you out with the recording? Yeah.
1: Um, so, so to put, uh, oh my God, my French brain. So perspective a little bit. So we have this like tiny square little log home and we have like a very small living room, which is mostly full of instruments Um, So we have like a little pellet stove, if you can imagine, and then some drums, and then like a a shelf with our studio and all of our microphones and all the gear we've collected and, you know, interfaces and everything. So we don't bring anybody in. Uh, Ryan does all the mixing. Um, I mean, I sit in too, and we just like work really hard. (laughs) But when it comes to like, I I feel like for recording these records um so I I would write up like a like a schedule weekly schedule and we would treat it like if we were um working a job you know like you have a certain amount of hours and tasks you want to do in a day and you know I make sure that it's not during touring season because as soon as it's nice out I'm in the garden <laughs> and then we're on the road and then there's no time to record and so I kind of just like compartmentalize and get into this mode the both of us and it's like every day we're working on different tasks and we work one song at a time so we're not like recording a whole bunch of songs and then mixing everything afterwards it's like working one song um starting with the vocals and the acoustics and the drums and percussion and all the things that you hear on the record are things that are inside our home and we can play and you know they live with us and you can touch and feel everything. So. I mean, we both make music as our as our work, but it's also, you know, really rewarding because it's both of our dreams that we get to to make this. So to be able to live inside the album, I think has lended itself really well to the way it sounds and the way it feels. And I just love going into that mode and just being like, you know, I can answer emails after 8 p.m. and I'll do admin stuff after, but I don't have to worry about touring you know, the focus of my energies is making music. And well, I mean, growing seedlings is like the other <laughs> thing that happens. <laughs> so yeah, I, I didn't, I don't know what else I can, I mean, we have all our mics and everything, and we definitely rent some stuff. And, you know, it's it's, it feels very natural. The way we would play music in front of an audience is kind of the same kind of energy and and care and love that we go into crafting each song is like crafting a, a set list or an arrangement for a live show it's really fun
0: yeah and there's something there's some like you said the energy that goes into when you record it like that and uh you have everything i don't know there's just an energy like you know that when you listen back to it that you know you kind of there's life in the recording of it because it's somebody playing it live in a room and then that was just kind of like captured like that's you know pictures are coolest thing ever that we just take for granted now it's yeah. so cool that you just you snap a picture and it's just like a freeze frame of time and music is the same thing especially if you record it all yourselves yeah. and and in a live space and even not even just a live space like a space that's your home too right so there's all that energy in it as well so I, I, de- I definitely think it yeah. portrays uh when I listen to the records which by the way they're fantastic so congratulations on putting out some amazing music that Uh, must feel
1: great oh thanks I think you're right it definitely like anchors a moment you know like Mm -hmm. a picture I think you're totally right on that and thanks for listening I mean you know there's always challenges where like you hear an instrument you're like yeah I don't play the cello but then there's always like creative ways of like bringing that element in you know like sometimes in a song I'm like I could hear like a violin thing so I would just try and like do it with my voice and then it kind of becomes something else and you know, there's always like, it's like how many tools do you have in your toolbox, and how can you achieve what you hear in your heart and your mind? And I think to be able to bounce it off each other and and work together and have different sets of ears and you know be open is is really cool. So
0: yeah, friends. and I mean, don't get me wrong, I love I love recording stuff as much as I can, but if there is like. I don't know a sample of something that I can steal or uh, something that's recorded, like a MIDI drum set where it's like the drums already sound good. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll definitely use that to uh, make life a little easier for myself. But there, I love the capture of you know playing something live and uh, less of it produced. But I mean, with that being said, both worlds, you know, they unlock some artistry, and hell yeah, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, totally. It's you know, like we said, it's what does the song yeah. need and what do you want to give it. So whatever tools you feel you want to contribute, that's, I, I love all kinds of music. So totally.
0: Um, well, I really, really appreciate you jumping on this call, but before I won't keep you much longer, but before I let you go, I would be, I have to ask you about like all the uh, the gardening and stuff. I'm just, I not necessarily am an avid gardener myself, but <laughs> I really appreciate homegrown foods and, and whether that's, you know, having your own garden or you go get, you know, you go gathering in the woods and you grab stuff or you have a friend or a community garden or something I think it's just the more you can appreciate growing something I think the more that you get out of it and it's just sort of something I you know like tomatoes from the like a salsa that someone makes in their backyard you're way more fired up than eating like a Tostitos (laughs) salsa so like how did you get did you go to school for for I don't know agriculture and stuff like that or did you just sort of just get into it
1: yeah Um, yeah you're right I don't Eat toast Tostitos salsa. <laughs> Blah. No, can't do it. <laughs> Blah. Um, so my my grandparents grew a lot of their own food and I was just always around it. I mean, I grew up in a per- pretty rural community uh in northern Ontario. So, you know, like I was just always around people growing stuff. And so I actually started gardening in rubber made bins. I lived in a windowless basement apartment, and I had a little parking spot, and I had Rubbermaid bins in Toronto, and I don't know how much food I actually grew, but that's kind of like, it was funny because I was learning about like plant medicine and and you know foraging and and growing stuff while I was living in like a concrete jungle where I had to pay for parking to go find <laughs> nature. So uh, when we moved here. <laughs> When we moved here, I was like, "Yes, let's do this thing." Um, so I think I I very much tapped into to my ancestors and and um, I've always really been connected to the land and and spending time outside. Um, but when we moved here, you know the the soil was here, the land was ready. So for a long time, I think in my work as a as an artist, I keep trying to find ways to be self sufficient or self sustainable, and for me. Um, growing food is another uh, way that I can do that, where I, you know, can be in control of the food that I'm taking in. You know, we can prep food for the road. Ryan's also a chef, so it's super convenient for me. Um, and I just I love it. I love it. And I think songwriters, you know, we plant seeds and we nurture them and, and we let them grow and they blossom and they become something in front of an audience. And I think gardening is very much that way. I did not go to school for it. There's so much stuff on YouTube, um, and I'm really happy that we grow organically and it's no till, no dig. There's some permaculture stuff in there, so it's very much like nice to the land. Um, and even today, we're still eating stuff out of our garden from last year. As I'm looking at like a little greenhouse full of plants right here, you could like see the. That's
0: like, what that is.
1: Um, so it's. It's been really, <laughs> yeah, that's what that is, uh, it's been really, really cool and rewarding, and um, yeah, I just love it, I love it, and i I encourage everyone to try and grow something the same way I encourage them to try and write a song, um just for their own healing journey or whatever. I think there's so much to learn when it comes to growing food and nurturing our food, and you know, I think of the food industry and grocery stores and climate change and all those things are really, really scary for me. And, you know, we spend a lot of gas being on the road as musicians. So this is like one little way that I'm going to try and balance the scales if I can.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah, that's amazing. I mean, you, you know, you wish that you could, everybody could do it. And I, you know, like monocrap agriculture and all that stuff is so terrible. I mean, There's so many things just because there's so many people living in such close proximity. It's hard to I you yeah it's hard to understand it from another perspective. But once you do it, there is something super rewarding about it. You know, if you go fishing and you catch one fish and you pull that thing out of the water, you're just like, there's something inside. You get so excited because you're like, I caught some of my own food and now I can eat it. And it's the same thing with the backyard tomato. (laughs) <laughs> with the backyard salsa where you're just like hell yeah there's a mason jar salsa that was made we grew it all <laughs> um i do i do have to ask you though because you you know you live up in the the higher like or the more northern climates like and i'd imagine like is the growing season a bit shorter or is, or is that what it is like you just do it mostly through greenhouse
1: um well i was looking at pictures of this time of the year uh a year ago and i still have snowbanks higher than my front oh windows. Wow. um so there's a lot of snow our growing season we're in a zone four and in my parents in Siberia are in a zone three so the growing season's really short but it's really potent mm. i think and like whenever i see like Plants that say hardy or zone four hardy I'm like yeah we're hardy people you know we get to grow all this food in an environment that's really hard Um, so it's like challenge accepted so I do start um, Ryan and his brother built me like a greenhouse addition to our home and I do start stuff inside and you know we do stuff like we have a little greenhouse so we bring things out and we have lots of hay and some heating lamps Um, so it's definitely a challenge but it's really cool And it makes you appreciate um, the climate and the land that you live on. I mean, I love winter, too. I'm ready for her to melt away <laughs> a little bit so I can start working. Um, but at the same time, <laughs> I'm really grateful that we get to experience winter and that we are hearty people.
0: <laughs> you were saying the hay in the, uh, the greenhouse, does the hay just sort of help keep some of the heat trapped inside there or the moisture and, and the heat?
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like an insulator. And, and so I have like these little frames that I have some see-through plastic. So I'll put like four bales of hay together, and then I'll put a frame. It's called a cold frame. So you can do it probably in southern Ontario around this time so it heats up Mm. during the day, and then it kind of holds the heat with the hay. Um, So you can start stuff like kale and cabbages. Like Some of my stuff is going to be ready to move outside Mm. soon so I can make room for... Oh, I have to send you a picture. It's a little bit chaotic in here (laughs) right now. Please,
0: please. (laughs) I'd love to. Um,
1: But there's all these like little things. Yeah. There's all these little... You know tricks like, you know, my ancestors have been growing food and and hunting and and foraging and gathering food and feeding their families um, for hundreds of years on this land. So um, there's something really rewarding, validating, and just it just feels good doing and, it.
0: And with the the hay as well, I guess that means that you could prev- like keep it from having to be um, like a source of electrical heating out there all winter or something. You can kind of skip around that a bit and and just use the sunlight and then hold some of that in there
1: yeah yeah definitely i know some people like especially in southern ontario there's like so many different ways that you can catch heat i mean here we do have to use some electricity because i mean it was like minus (laughs) 30 this winter um but (laughs) um only a few days though you know it wasn't that bad but there's definitely like there's a lot of stuff on on um, on the internet now and I mean I'm putting this out there if anybody wants to talk seeds or gardening or anything it shows or through email I'm always happy I do a lot of seed swapping and I I do share seeds Um, for me that's really important so if anybody's listening and they have questions about hay or Or whatever, I'm always happy to nerd out about music or gardening. (laughs)
0: That's so cool. (laughs) How much like do you have? Would you say? I guess like one season, you get to grow everything you want. And how much do you like? How long does that keep you going until the next year?
1: Yeah. So right now, um, we're still eating something from our garden almost every day. I mean, when I'm on the road, it's kind of hard, but I still have about two or three pumpkins. I used to have lots of garlic, lots of tomato sauce, lots of salsa, lots of stuff in our freezer. So I would say we're like at about 50% of our own food. And then we either trade or buy local meat. Um, so, I mean, until I can figure out how to grow coffee, cheese and chocolate, then I will be good to go. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but like buying staple things is 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 normal, but um when it comes to fruit and veg like we're we're at a good amount and it's really cool like this is kind of the hunger gap right now because most of people's like vegetables and stuff are running out and I still have I still have lots to eat and I started way more plants this year so I'm gonna be like fully stocked. but we did start growing garlic to sell as merch which has been super fun um and i planted 600 bulbs last last fall so people watch out we're gonna have lots of garlic for sale that's so cool (laughs) that's
0: actually super i don't think i've ever seen that at a show where i I could buy uh not only just like produce but it's like hey we made this album and this garlic (laughs) and this salsa
1: (laughs) (laughs) smells great sounds great
0: I'm i'm in for it that's the best
1: that's awesome well
0: um Honestly, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, um, your best. music is amazing, and uh, I really appreciate everything you do. So merci beaucoup, en français. Okay.
1: <laughs> oui, uh, bienvenue. Merci beaucoup. Thank you so much for having me. I also really love your music, and you know, I I love being able to to share the stage with you a few years ago and discover your music. So let's put it out there. I hope we get to do that uh, really soon. And congrats on everything you're doing too. It's really Thank you. Awesome. I'd
0: love to. I'd, yeah, I'd love to play another show soon. Um, it's funny just balancing the worlds of of everything, right? Just, you know, recording, trying to perform live and and, and writing. So I've got some more music coming out soon. So I'll definitely be playing yeah. some shows and it'd be amazing to to hook up and do that. But with that being said, you still have some shows left on this tour. This is coming out next uh next monday so whatever that is april something but it's definitely before i got a couple of them written down it's definitely before uh april 19th to may 13th you've got like four shows in there um if you just want to i don't know maybe tell folks where they can come see you live and and where they can hit you up online and
1: yeah yeah definitely thanks um so you can always find me at mimi.ca which is a super easy website um to remember and we'll be playing in Toronto, which is Earth Day, which is the perfect day to have an album release show. So April 22nd is in Toronto at Small World Music. We'll also be at uh, Place des Arts, which is a beautiful new theatre in Sudbury on May 12th. And on May 13th, we'll be at the National Arts Centre on the fourth stage in Ottawa. Um, and then, you know, we'll be on in festival mode. So lots of lots of Good show's coming up. I'm pretty excited.
0: Definitely planning on coming out to the Toronto Earth Day show because I think that would just be the best time. So hopefully I will see you there. Um, otherwise, uh, yay. everybody should listen to Willow.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Hunter. I hope to see you on April 22nd.
0: Yes. Thanks, Mimi.
1: Thanks for chatting.
0: I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Mimi Obonsawin. Check her out on tour and check her music out online. Remember that you can leave a rating for this podcast uh, just to help some other people find it, or you can share it around, which is even better. So thanks so much for listening. I'll be back again in a couple weeks with a new guest and I'll be in Toronto on April 19th. I hope to see you there. And thank you so much for listening to the episode.